This is Lindsay Williams, and you're listening to the Drunkard United show. Bless your little cotton socks. So Uncle Sam really loves his little toffee niece, but his little toffee niece is he is an absolute petri dish of um, of germs. So I am now twice twice this month, Sam, with a head cold. So nice. But but, but I found Nyquil that high blood pressure, aka fat people like me, can use. Okay. So to quote Dennis Leary, my teeth are green and I'm fucking high as a kite. Merry fucking Christmas. Let's start the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the man carrying the heavy load tonight. Sam, are you ready to get it done? It's all you tonight, brother. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just wishing I brought my SARS mask I bought 15 years ago when we had that scare. Oh, don't worry. I'm just going to lick your face like five or six times nice. before you leave, get you good and proper sick. Awesome. Yeah, just got to stay away from my, uh, my, my, my mouth guard. That's all. Got it. You know, especially considering I like to eat the mouth guard when I'm talking into it as well. So, heard. Oh, we're recording at uh, Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Most importantly, be sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. Should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure, on all social medias, uh, which we've actually been having a ton of people get in touch. Jose, Ray, um, Russ, of course, uh, John, everybody's been been chatting during games. been a lot of fun. Fucking love it. Um, it's at Do You Football Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter especially, we've got a, a broader audience of, uh, of guys down in Houston, um, out in Arizona, uh, everybody. So that, that's a lot of fun. Um, and then do you football show at gmail.com uh, yeah. as well if you want to get in touch via email. Um, <laughs> even if you're a Nigerian prince trying to sell us something. Yeah, send us. Or find out my religious beliefs or what, <laughs> what was it? Um, <laughs> but do you consider Portland, Oregon? Sam? Right. I do consider Portland, Oregon, yes. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, even when I'm sick... We vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show, but then, of course, this kind of fixes everything because it's whiskey. Sammy, what are we drinking today? I was going to say, that's one of the oldest remedies in the book. Yep. Just down a little whiskey to get rid of something. Uh, this week, we have Whistlepig 12-year-old bespoke uh, single finish. Um, so this particular one is the cognac finish. There were uh, less than 100 cases uh, made of this one, um, and some of the bespoke barrels, there was actually less than 100 cases made because it all depends on how big the barrel is um i'm sure i don't know if you did or not but for instance vosage barrels don't hold the same amount of liquid as uh bourbon barrels do you know blah 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 so this one happens to be a cognac barrel finish um i'll let you talk a little bit more about the whiskey uh itself but 88 proof 113.99 to 125.99 on the shelf if you can bloody find it yeah, this is definitely something. Uh, Google search online. Uh, this one in particular um, is out of a store in D.C., and they also have a Ghanaian rum-finished one as well. Ooh. And D.C. is allowed to sell online. So if it was something you're interested in, you can actually go online. Um, just Google, you know, old world single finishes and you'll find stuff to be able to order online i'm sure um but yeah there was like i said the Ghanaian rum there's a oloroso sherry there's a solera sherry um doing the whole solera system of the multiple barrels and it all bleeding into one another um they did uh takai i believe um they've also done an amarone as well so that really kind of raisiny italian wine 
So really good stuff. And yeah, it's excellent. I just had a sip. It was fantastic. Yeah, this this one is really really soft and sweet. And yeah, really no ice, easy. no water. Yeah, the um the Ghanaian rum needs a little ice to it because uh, even though it's at eighty eight proof, the rum cask, which is an ex bourbon barrel, the rum cask really accentuates the rye. Before you uh, get into uh, what you're doing there with uh, what you're drinking on with from Monument, I wanted to mention. A couple of people have been reaching out, asking about some recommendations on whiskey as far as stuff they want to hear us talk about. We hear you. Um, some brands specifically, Peerless and uh, Mitcher, Mitchers. Uh, Michters. Michters, I'm that sorry. That was Mictors. Jose, yeah. Yeah, um, I really love their American whiskey, so I could definitely see us doing that in the future. Yeah, Michters is an awesome little brand. Um, Peerless, I, I told him I haven't had yet. but. And then it was uh, Evan also recommended uh, doing the top one, uh, the top 20 from Whiskey Advocate, doing some of those. Um, number one got announced today. A little surprised by it. All but, right. Uh, Care to share? George Dickel Tennessee Whiskey 13-year-old bottle and bond. Really? A Tennessee Whiskey won, won the top spot. So That's odd. Yeah, very odd. Uh, I mean, I'm intrigued to try it. I don't mind a Tennessee Whiskey, so that'll probably, if I find a bottle on the shelf and as long as, you know, you know stores aren't trying to, you know, bend you over on the price because it got number one, you know, because now all the mouth breathers are going to try to buy it. Of so. course. They've never disappointed any whiskey on that list. Oh, they've always all been good. Uh, last and year, I'm, I'm not last sh- year we had the uh, Glendalock 13-year-old, the Ms. Nora Oak finish, yeah. and that was a bloody fucking wonderful whiskey. Yeah, but it's also got something special done to it. Uh, George Dickel, 13-year-old, and we're not trying to discount the whiskey. I've never had it. It's probably very good. That screams of Diageo pain of wee bit of money. Eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. To get the Advocates Top 20. Uh, you know, some, sometimes sometimes the uh, reviewers just want a good representation of good old American whiskey. Eh, you fair know, enough. Things, that's the reason why you'll see things like uh, Wild Turkey and Old Granddad at time to time do really well. Because they're just representations of what bourbon Good bourbon should be, yeah. Yeah, how it was made. It's a little different now. So, Well, Evan Williams Single Barrel should make that list at some <laughs> point because it is bloody awesome. And it's dirt cheap for a single barrel. Yep. It's like a $30 bottle, basically. Like that, yeah. It's a fucking great price. Why don't you tell us about what we're drinking from uh, Monument today? Sure. Um, uh, as we've talked about a few weeks in a row now uh, since we've announced it, um, we are doing a live show on December 15th at Monument City Brewing. Uh, that's from 8.45 in the morning until about 3 p.m. <laughs> We're going to be hanging out watching uh, Manchester United Everton uh, and then Arsenal Manchester City afterwards, which is going to probably, on current form, turn out poorly for the both of us. Oh, fuck yeah. But it'll be a great time. Uh, we'll do some quick live recording uh, as well, but we'll play some games with the people there, uh, mix around, have some fun. We've got about 50 people, give or take a few. Yeah. Um, that are interested at least in coming, and about nine or ten that are confirmed going. Which means we'll have twelve. Yeah, which is which fine. is good. Go we'll get hammered with you twelve. Yeah. So, but no, come out, spend some time with us. We think it's going to be a good time. Uh, you might find yourself on the pod uh, uh, quickly. There, you might find yourself uh, being able to ask a question. Uh, anything or just hanging out and interacting with us and getting our thoughts on Monument City's lovely beer. So you can come see what Carly and I get to see every weekend. Our husbands melt down while their teams play. Yeah. While drinking at 8 a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seeing Sam cussing at the TV in real time, nothing like it. That's true. It is a wonderful thing. But uh, So what we have tonight is Monument City Brewings Among the Pines. Uh, this is their seasonal double IPA. Uh, it's a West Coast style uh, dipper, 
Uh, perfect balance of malt and hops, brewed with spruce tips, uh, Simcoe and Amarillo hops, giving it a piney resin and citrus notes, uh, which is excellent. One of my favorite double IPAs of the holiday season. Fabulous. Oh, and I should probably tell you that it comes in at 9% by volume. Oh, so uh, humdinger. A uh, big boy. Yeah. Remember, two will do the same as one with that beer. Or one will do the same as two regulars. And that won't stop me on December 15th. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it then. Let's do it to it. No, I was holding the top. There we go. I stopped the, the uh, resonation. Resonation? I made that up. Yeah. Probably is resonating. But Sam, we typically say <laughs> you're not going to win the league in December, but you're sure as fuck going to lose it. Three teams chasing Liverpool had a different array of results. Manchester City 2, Newcastle 2, West Ham 1, Chelsea 0, Leicester 2, Everton 1. City find themselves 11 points behind the Reds. Have they dug themselves too big of a hole to dig out of? I think so, because even when the front three can't score, as we'll talk about in Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk pops up with two. City is, is really letting it slip, to be fair. I mean, Newcastle were, were good on the day defensively, parking the bus and, and whatnot, but they weren't particularly great. Um, dare I say Newcastle was clinical. Only three shots on target, two of them went in. Um, and for every worldie that City scored, Newcastle matched them through Jetro Willems, <laughs> Love saying that one. <laughs> Jetro Willems and uh, a lovely John Joe Shelby goal. Two people that could not look any more opposite. So um, Laporte being out has certainly really caused oh, effects. Yeah. And, and, the and the defense is now actually costing them points, it appears. 100%. <coughs> Pardon me there. Um, the John Joe Shelby goal. That was a breakdown by City of epic proportion. That was, I mean, Shelby is sitting 25 yards outside the box. All of City is back. You know that man wants to have a go from distance. And no one's standing by you him. You know he can have a go from distance also. No one is standing by him at all. Like, yep. one person half-heartedly chased, him, chased out to him and he put it away. Yep. So, it, I mean, the announcer said it during the game, basically, that when you're defending your goal like that after having just scored in, in, uh, in such late doors there, that you kind of get sucked into pack the box first and then let's step out. Problem is, they never stepped out. Yeah. You know, everybody got back. All right, we're behind the ball. Let's sort it out. You got him. You got him. Oh, shit. It's in the back of the net. By the way, that De Bruyne goal was fucking sick. Both of them were dirty. Jesus. De Bruyne's was real dirty. <laughs> but wow. I mean, both of them were awesome. How easy it would have been to sky either one of those chances. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. Know? Either one of those chances. Either one of those could have been missed. In row Z. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Hell, Shelby could have put it out That's for a, a throw. Oh, yeah. 100% coming across his body like that. Yeah. But it teed it up brilliantly. De Bruyne did the same thing for his. Perfectly off the chest, bounced once, and it set up at a nice height. And he unleashed on that motherfucker. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, nice to see Al Marone finally gets an assist. Yeah, like I said a couple of weeks ago, he actually does do really good work, uh, Miguel Almarone. He's had a lot of hockey assists uh, this year where his pass was the one that opened up the play, and then Matt Ritchie would get an assist, or DeAndre Yedlin would get an assist, or 
what have you. He was the pass before the assist. Yeah. Um, but without his pass, the play would have never been open to the extent that it was. He's also the one creating all the offense. Absolutely. 100%. So but with, it's, with, it's, it's, it's hard to be particularly judgmental of him. Like, what are you going to do? Move him to the bench? That'd be the worst thing ever. Like, he no, actually absolutely. adds pace and width to well, your team. Like, you got to let him play. Yeah, and you have to do that because they, in this game, they said, you know what? Have the ball. We're not even going to try to have the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? They had 23.6% possession. Jesus. Based on the statistics on the Premier League app. God. Yeah. Less than a quarter of the ball. And they scored two goals on three they shots. They still got three shots on target and scored twice, yeah. Now, that being said, Dubravka had a worldie himself. A couple of really good saves from Martin Dubravka. Yeah. It was a highlight reel by him on his loan side. Well, we've, we've talked about him multiple times, that he's probably one of the more underrated keepers in the uh, Premier League currently. Absolutely. You know? But, yeah, to your, your first question, I think City is, is <coughs> pissing it away. Yeah. I really I think, do. You know, uh, Liverpool's going to have to fuck up. That's yeah. that's really the only way City's going to find themselves back in this. Exactly, and as I said earlier, if it's not Salah, it's Mane. If it's not Mane, Firmino finally got off the score sheet a couple of weeks ago. Uh, got on the score sheet a couple of weeks ago after a small goal drought. Henderson has scored goals. Um, Fucking Origi. Where's it coming from? Origi, exactly. Oxlade-Chamberlain <coughs> chipped in with one or two. Yeah. And then today, or well, not today, it's Monday, uh, the other day happened to be Van Dyke at the double. So uh, moving on to the West Ham uh, Chelsea game, um, was this the friendly reminder that Chelsea's team and Chelsea's manager are still quite young and still quite fresh? Yeah, partially. Um, I think they play with such verve and uh, and pomp that um, missing Tammy Abraham, they had to change their ways a little bit, having Olivier Giroud up front because uh, he's not as mobile. Right. Um, and being so young. I think that they maybe didn't change enough. You know right. what I mean? They didn't take to the new tactic as well as maybe they could have. Um, they're kind of balls to the wall, you know, run all the time, we'll beat you 4-2, which is what they've been doing yeah. uh, very well. It was a, a great game, in my opinion. Um, really good there's game. There's been a lot of bad blood, obviously, since Frank Lampard himself less, uh, left West Ham right. as a younger man. Um, as a player uh, being coached by his uncle Harry Redknapp at the time, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of bad blood on that move, and kind of a recent, if you will, um, rivalry or some. I mean, they are both in London, so technically it is a derby, but right. opposite sides of the city and no real <coughs> connection in their history, to be honest. Right. Um, but Lampard leaving really left a bad, bad blood, kind of uh, almost reminiscent of Maryland Duke when yeah. um, Danny Ferry, Danny Ferry, uh, Silver Spring boy, Bowie um, boy. Uh, well, yeah, Billy Boy went uh, to Dematha. Yep, and then um, chose Duke over Maryland, obviously after verbally committing to Maryland. Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, I don't care about the game. Uh, none of that matters. David Martin, got to talk about you it. Have to. That's it's, it's an amazing story, and it's a keeper. I have a soft spot for keepers. I cried. Fucking thirty-three years old, debut in the Premier League, boyhood fan. Of West Ham had to play for Millwall last year. They're bitter rivals. How much uh-huh. shit do you think he swallowed having to fucking play Absolutely. with fuck off Millwall? Well, the, uh, his father is a West Ham legend. <coughs> 1976 to 1996, his father played for West Ham. Very cool. Just is a fucking legend. He was at the game following the clean sheet. And sure, they got lucky a couple of times. I think Chelsea hit the post once or twice or 
a fairly open net. He was at a position they put it wide. Every he game made needs his, a little luck as we're oh, going to yeah. get into the next one. He made his fair share of saves himself. Uh, a, a, the third person didn't get the shot off, but he had to dive out well to save it. But he made a fantastic double save. Yep. Um, and then pounced on it just before, I think it was Christian Pulisic, just before he got to it. Um, but Once, afterwards... When they blew the whistle, falls to falls his knees, knees, cries. Crying. And then afterwards... Stands are almost empty. His dad is still in the stand. He goes over the advertising hoarding, walks up the stairs, and hugs his dad still in full gear. Fabulous. And him and his dad have an embrace. I cried my eyes out. <laughs> that was brilliant. But just to not have the fucking muffin man back there patty caking it stuff and Roberto yeah. gave West Ham new life. Put a guy in who has some fucking passion. Oh, yeah. And knows it what seemed- that badge means. You know what? He's going to have a gaff. He's going to have a gaff. He's a 33-year-old veteran championship goalkeeper. He's going to have a gaff. But you know what he is going to do? He's going to play his dick off, and he is going yep. to sell his body to make every fucking save he can for yep. you. Now, did you notice, and, and it seemed like the players <laughs> took notice of that, after that final whistle, when he oh, fell yeah. to his knees, they all ran over to him and picked him up, patted him on the back, rubbing his head. Well done, son. You did it. You saved us. Because he did make a couple of fan-fucking-tastic saves. He did. It looked like you in your heyday. Thank you very much. So um, Pellegrini shuffles up the lineup a little bit, a little uh, little bit of a, hey, you're not, don't think you're so good, um, worked. Because those guys get later on got on the pitch and, and ran their asses off. Well, for as big as Sebastian Allaire is, <coughs> he doesn't bully people enough. Mm-hmm. But that's what Mikel Antonio is fucking good at. Oh, and yeah. And especially against that relatively inexperienced back line at, at, at Chelsea. Um, I know Kurt Zuma's been in the league for a while and has played at various clubs. But in terms of being a Chelsea player, is still quite young. Yeah, very um, young. Still hasn't played f- for Chelsea much. Right. So he just bullied the shit out of him. Had a Hulk smash header. It was brilliant. Great performance up top from him. Yeah, great. Uh, now, Kepa saved it, but they looked more dangerous. I can't remember. It's been three weeks since Sebastian Allais had a shot on goal, I think. Yeah. Um, so it was a good mix-up, and I think it saved his job, Pellegrini. Yeah, for now it has, definitely. Yeah. Which now sucks, go- because you're going to need a coach soon. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> uh, apparently not. Apparently we're still not fucking firing them. So um, going on to that, um, when you need a win, you find a way. When you're not playing your best, you find a way. Lester found a way. That's oh, yeah. really very simply what it came down to. Because yep. Everton, credit to him, played ugly, hacky, slow it down, Fuck with them, and you could tell it was grinding. It was grinding, Lester. Oh, yeah. They were getting knocked around, and it was just frustrating. And then Everton gets that goal. I think it was like 70% to 30% as far as possession, possession went. Yep, yeah, it was. They just, they, but, but they figured out a way in the 94th minute, they got one. Yep. So for, for me, uh, in the opening exchanges, you guys were fairly even. Both you had chances here or there. You say Leicester's are probably better chances, um, but you both had chances. You all came out of the gate and actually played for a change. Yeah. You looked like you had a plan. You went forward. You defended. You did okay. And it looked like the belief was starting to creep, <laughs> creep right back into the side. Uh, and that all culminated in Richarlison having his own Hulk smash header. Yeah. Uh, and this time beating 
uh, Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. And fucking almost ripped a hole in the back of the net. That was a great header. <laughs> great ball a- in from Sadibe as well. Sadibe, oh, yeah. more so than recently Sadibe, I've been a little critical of him because offensively he seems to get the ball in and he attacks forward. But, you know, I mentioned, you know, Southampton brought on a sub, you know, made him his bitch. Then turned around Trissard with the B- Brighton Hove game. He came on, made Sadibe his bitch. Like, he, they yeah. just, they worked Sadibe. This match, hell no. It, it like, he was frustrating the shit out of Iozzi Perez. Like, he was beating him up, and you could tell they weren't going to get down that flank at all. And he, no. had, he had, a, had himself a hell of a game. You're absolutely right. Um, it was nice uh, Jamie Vardy scored for you. How did um, Sadio Mane uh, He go? did not score. Uh, losing streak continues. Yes, huh? it um, does. You know what? Two, VA, two VAR decisions, and I got to say both were right. Yeah, the I'd penalty, agree with that. The penalty wasn't a penalty. Hey, you know what, Joel? You gotta you gotta take the bump if you want the penalty. You got you gotta slide the foot in there and take the bump. He, he literally dove over top of the foot. He jumped in the yeah. air and then threw the arms out and did the did the oh my god I'm dying fall you know and he, you didn't get touched so no penalty and unfortunately at the end I, it's it's what fucking Everton seems to do right now. Yeah, the the Ianacho was onside. He was onside. He was. It was a goal. He was onside. I there's two things about this that I want to say. Um, first, I want to get one thing out of the way about you, um, Tom Davies. Great work down the right uh, that you all almost took the lead on. Um, somebody gave it into Moise. He didn't have a particularly good game, but no. but but he's only had one bad game so far. I'm willing to give him a pass. He's trying to do too much. Yes, but Moise Ken, they played that ball inside to him. He had a look over his shoulder as the ball was on the way. He saw the goalkeeper off his line, and that looks a confident man. I screamed. I thought the ball was in the back of the net. Yep. It was a great strike. It was almost (coughs) on target. It was very close. And Kasper Schmeichel was beaten, hands down. If that had been on frame, it had been in the back of the net, without a doubt in my mind. And I still don't know why Moise Ken can't get a game from the start. He's, you know what? He's a 19-year-old kid. He doesn't know any better. Put him out there to start against fucking Why? Liverpool in the derby. Why not? Put him up top. Yeah. Let him cause havoc. Yeah, he's more physical than anyone on your roster, he really. Can, he can take he's a beating m- from, from Lovren and Van Dyke. Lo- he, yeah. he can take that beating. And he might be able to muscle them back a little bit. Let him let him fucking go. Why not? I don't Pre- Precisely. It. Why not I let him go? I don't understand it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, as you said, Eniacho snatched a late winner after VAR confirmed he was onside. My question about that is why didn't VAR check the goal on Jack Grealish when I thought he was probably onside? They didn't even check the goal uh, when Villa would have went 2-0 up. Oh, no shit. Yep. It's the linesman Rose's flag, and they let it go. They didn't even look at it. Huh. That's that's interesting. Yep. Go take a gander. Look mm. at the replay. All right. Well, Malort, time for me. There so. you go. Um, I I suspect I'll be doing a whole bunch of these in a row coming <laughs> up recently. Um, coming up recently, Mel. No, coming coming up soon. I'm, Soonly. <coughs> I know. I'm just I'm giving you shit. I'm a dying man here. <laughs> I'm a dying man. Maybe this will knock it out of me. You know, uh, Malort might help. Mm-hmm. And down the hatch. Watch him not cough the rest of the day. <laughs> wow! No, don't help. <laughs> Fuck, that's bad. 
All right. Tastes exceptionally bad this time. You know, um, the, right now, Silva's still got his job. Um, I think they're going to let him go ahead and make an embarrassment of himself at the uh, Derby. You know, who knows? We can go win that game one nothing, or we can be beaten fucking 8-0. I, I know this much. We'll talk about it more on injury time. This is a game in the midweek for the Derby. Jurgen Klopp is licking his chops. Yeah. North London has seen some managerial changes. One is paying off. One is still in flux. Arsenal 2, Norwich 2, Tottenham 3, Bournemouth 2. Uh, Freddie Yunberg is the interim boss. Had a couple of uh, head scratchers with the uh, starting 11 there, Sam. Yes, uh, he did. For all of the joy and <laughs> adulation uh, that Arsenal Internet had Friday waking up to the news in America, waking up to it, that Unai Emery was sacked uh, and Freddie Eumberg will be taking temporary charge um, was spectacular. It was a, a wonderful morning. Um, I think he probably just went with, quote unquote, tried and true people that have been at the club for a long time that understand Play it safe. What the club is about and play it safe. It also, uh, on paper, looked as a four four two, but I think it was played more like a four two two two, right? Um, which is a bit safer, right? Clog the middle up. Don't let them play through the ranks, and go from there, right? Um, but problem uh, is, you have one defender who doesn't defend the middle oh so well. No, I, we have two defenders that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and three players to fill those two positions that don't do that <laughs> uh, at the moment. But um, so, yeah, I, obviously he only had one training session with half of the squad. Right. And then another training with the other half of the squad, if that. And it was very light because it was Saturday the day before a game. But most of that squad played Thursday in the Europa League and um, and then didn't train Friday as a recovery day. Right. Uh, so he hasn't had a lot of time, obviously. The, it was a bit of a head-scratcher playing, uh, bringing in Mustafi for, uh, out of the cold, which um, he's partially to blame for that first goal. think it was a little bit more on David Luiz, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it deflected off Mustafi, which always seems to fucking happen. Right. Um, and then Mustafi was the closest defender, but uh, probably on three different Arsenal <laughs> players for not taking responsibility and stepping to... Uh, uh, Cantwell, um, as they just allowed him to waltz in the box and, and find a finish. And once again, to a team in the bottom three, we have to rely on Alexandre Lacazette or Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to rescue the fucking points for us. Last week against Southampton, it was Laka at the double. This week, it's Aubameyang. It was uh, nice having uh, Aubameyang play for you, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he's gone. He's gone in the summer, right? It's he's going to want to play Champions League ball. We'll see. And what, you're going to have to sell Listen, him. we'll see what coach comes in, and we'll see what happens. Because <laughs> right now, and, and you could even say this with Chelsea's recent loss to West Ham, you could say that that fourth through... Fourth through tenth is Tenth is kind of up, up in the air. And, Hell, and fucking so, fifth, fifth through... 16th, 17th is up for grabs right Yeah, now. I mean, really. Everton pulls off two wins. They're suddenly in the, they're t- suddenly seventh place. That's what I'm saying. So there's a lot of football to still be played and a lot of inconsistency in all of these teams, right? So you string three wins together, all of a sudden we're in fourth again. Right. And it's in our own hands. 
if we lose two more, we could find ourselves 12 points back, you know, whatever it is. It's so it's it's still early doors to to really see um what how it's going to shape out, but there there still is a realistic chance to finish in fourth place. I don't think we'll do it because I don't think we'll be able to shore up the defense fast enough. How how soon? Well, because you know you're not going to be allowed to spend any money on a defender. No, in your, uh, unless may, they maybe have, you pull off a loan and get a central defender from somebody, well, but you're not buying anybody in the, uh, the January window. Unless they sign the manager, right? Unless they have the manager in place within the next two weeks, and he has a uh, he'll have a lot of games to assess the squad. <laughs> Uh, if that's the case, but there's no signs pointing to they're going to sign a manager in the next two weeks. That was exactly what I was about to right. ask. What does it look like? Who Who's it going to be? What's it going to be? Anything right now? Or is it just go ahead, Freddie, it's your team. I would tend to say we give him to the end of the season and make sure we do it right. Okay. But apparently there's reports coming out of Argentina that Pochettino has hinted that he's not far away from returning to club management already. Oh, Wow. And we've already been linked with him. I don't know that I'd want him necessarily. He's a good coach. I think he would do well and organize his team. Yeah, but, but what happens? But what happens when he runs out of ideas? Exactly. Yeah. What happens when it collapses again, like it did at Tottenham? He'll be or, able to do he more. Gonna, he'll be able to do more with less. That's one thing he well, did yeah, very well it, at Tottenham. That's exactly it. Is he going to want to attach his name to a signing, like he didn't want to do at Spurs? Is he going to want to? You know, because there's, I. I mean this kind of as a dig, but it's partially true as well. I mean, Spurs hasn't been a big team for a long time. He recently brought them back into that fold. Yeah, Spurs have been a big team now for the past four years. Right, exactly. So is he ready to take the step up? We are still viewed as a big team despite our misfortunes. Right. We still are a massive club despite our misfortunes. We're not playing like a massive club, but we still are a massive club. Yeah. Is he ready for that step up? Because he you was a, ex- you make he, a lot of money for the LA Rams. He was exceeding expectations at Spurs. Yeah, those that he was doing are our basic expectations over the last twenty years. Yeah. So, can he make that step up? Where that's the minimum, the highest bar he's ever reached is our minimum. Do you think your team still qualifies for European play? Yes, I think we'll figure it out. For you, that. you know that I mean, who knows what happens in the FA Cup and who knows what happens in the League Cup? I, I you think really we still think finish you fifth or finish sixth. Yeah. Fifth. Well, what if what if somebody other than the top five teams wins both the FA and the League Cup and you're sixth? You're sitting you're with fucked. nothing in your hand, yeah. and then and then you're really you got, fucked. You have to imagine either Liverpool or City <laughs> will lift the FA Cup or the League Cup. You probably, have to imagine that, that Probably happens. one or the other. Right. I would lean more towards City doing it. And also, I mean, for the League Cup, I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea's still in it. it Man even U's Spurs. Still in it, even know. Spurs, the, whichever competition are still in. Didn't they lose to Colchester or something? Yeah, they're, out of, they're out of the League so, Cup. But, but I could see them winning the FA, FA Cup. FA Cup, oh, especially because Jose's, Jose's won a trophy. And always delivers a trophy. Yeah. So, and, which is going to pain me. And it, it, I want to <laughs> throw up now that I've said it out loud, but... Jose wins trophies. He's going to deliver Spurs a trophy within the next two, two and a half years he wins before trophies. the wheels fucking come off. It's what he does. Yeah. It's what he does. He wins trophies. Before now, the wheels come off. Let's go ahead. Um, new manager bump. They're scoring a fuck ton of goals. They're giving up a ton. But, you know, new manager bump's working. Jose seems to be kind of calm about it. Now like, he's they've dubbed him the humble one. 
<laughs> it's this is a special one. This huh? is the new iteration of Jose Mourinho, <laughs> the humble one. Although his first line in a press conference was, let's not make it all about me, please. Well, one of the things that I found very interesting from him and, you know, okay, maybe he's making a change in his managerial style. Two weeks in a row, you have three nothing leads. Two weeks in a row, you end up winning the game three to two. And when asked about it, he just said, right now, we need to get wins. Results is all that matters. Once we get through December, then I'll worry about formation. Then that'll be a problem. And then I'll fix it. But right, right now, I just want wins. I well, just want honest, three points, and I don't care how I get it. Fair enough Which, to him. For him, that's pretty fucking mature for that guy to say. Well, absolutely. But he's coming into <laughs> a new team, right, in a situation where you're about to hit the busiest part of the year. Normally, he would have thrown a couple of uh, defenders under the bus. Absolutely. By now, 100%. <laughs> got, I got that, that, everybody. One. A couple of defenders under the bus. Thank you for translating done. my uh, no, uh, choking. No problem. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, but what I would be worried about is Bournemouth did have a boatload of chances early. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Gazaniga res- uh, rescued them uh, pretty handedly. Um, it, one time with his collarbone. <laughs> yeah. Harry, uh, Harry Wilson scored me a lot of fantasy points. Uh, he was on my fucking bench again. I had Harry Wilson and Virgil van Dyke. Um, although I had heard reports that uh, Richarlison was, was going to be out because of an injury. So I subbed in Yarmolenko, and of course Yarmolenko didn't start, and Richarlison scores a goal. Well, that was your fuck-up. I had Harry Wilson on the bench, scored two. <laughs> For two? Yeah, fucking dickheads. Um, but anyway, it was a wonderful free kick from him, but then he couldn't score again. Uh, for 20 minutes, Harry Wilson, and making it much too late to complete the comeback. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do want to give a shout-out. Because the guy fucking deserves it, to be honest with you. Musa Sissoko. In all competitions, that's his first goal for 95 appearances. Oh, yeah. I remember the Champions League one where he's dribbling straight away at the goalie and just like, uh, he's not going to Blazed gonna, it over. He's, yeah. he's not going to score. And this is a decent fucking finish as well. Yep. <laughs> it was amazing. But good good, good on Musa Sissoko. That's uh, well done, son. First goal for 95 appearances. Only now Spurs find themselves in fifth place. Yeah, well, whatever. Rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. We've got Manchester United 2, Aston Villa 2, Wolverhampton 1, Sheffield 1, Palace 2, a major six-pointer, Southampton 2, Watford 1. And a snoozer. Oh, God, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and then Liverpool 2, Brighton 1. Um Villa's midfield bossed that game. We said, we said yeah, if, they Mc, did. if McTominay and... and uh, but was not in that lineup, if it was going to be Fred and Pereira, that they were going to boss them. And they fucking bossed them. Now, United did have almost two-thirds of the ball, but you wouldn't have known it watching the game live. I was surprised (laughs) to see that stat, that United had two-thirds of the ball. They did a lot of possessing at the back, um, but it was pretty end-to-end stuff, uh, to be honest. Despite their small amount of possession, Villa created a lot of chances. Yeah. Um, and it seems like besides missed a big one too. Besides the one mistake from oh, from Tyrone from Tyrone Mings. Oh, there was another one, the one from Jack too. Oh yeah. Yeah, but wide the, open that goes wide. Yeah, but the Tyrone Mings where he um I think it might have actually been Jack Grealish following like a corner set play, had kind of had the ball out to the Villa left hand side, played the ball <laughs> back to Mings. Instead of just smashing it downfield, he tried to hold in possession. Yeah. 
Um, and that ended up leading to the first United goal. Uh, so that was a bit unfortunate. The ball came inside, somebody got fouled, and then whatever it was. Um, so that was unfortunate on him. He's still young. He's going to make a mistake or two here or there. But for him to show the leadership and the character, other than that, he was solid defensively. Yeah. And then to show the leadership and the character and the, re- the responsibility to call off somebody who's probably in a better position than he is to take on that strike from the free kick and to bang it home as he did. Oh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. And he said, this is fucking mine. Get out of my face. Even though somebody at a better angle running onto the ball as opposed to him reaching back for it on his weaker foot was fantastic. He's he's really growing into one hell of an English side. Absolutely. Back, isn't he? 100%. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He stays calm. Yeah. Um, he's strong in the tackle, <laughs> balanced. He's a beast of a man. He's hard to knock down. Oh, he's a fucking He's just the big dude's awesome. boy. He's he got has a, a he has everything. He has a presence oh, yeah. about him that I I mean again, again, y'all know I don't know anything about this whole game except what I've been listening to y'all run your mouths about. And I instantly was just drawn to him at the beginning. And 100%. I was surprised to see that was his first Premier League goal. Yep. Uh, well, he had tore his ACL when he was at Bournemouth. Uh, so he hasn't played a ton of football. Got it. But um, I just assumed he was a superstar because he carries himself absolutely. with that kind of maturity and has that. You just look at him, and some people are just born leaders and 100%. gravitate towards him. And Mings is one of those people. And yeah. man, Jack's goal, though. Oh, uh, brilliant. God, it was dirty. so pretty. As dirty. And then he did that whole soccer thing where he gets on his knees, looks back at the camera like a pirate. Well, he did. I thought he was. I thought he was going to give a little smirk. He didn't do anything. It was I like blue steel. Him to wink. Yeah. <laughs> I expected him to wink and go, Beckman who? Yeah, right? He's just, he's too short to be the next David Beckham. Correct. That's true. Yeah, he's way That's too true. short. Yeah. Damn, um, he is so pretty to watch. Uh, Correct. Mel, since he is what you know man. is from when you're listening to us, um, don't get too attached to Minx. He will not be on your team next year. Somebody, Somebody's coming I'm with 50 million. Uh, at least Some, 50 million. Somebody's coming with 50 million, and you're not going to be able to say no to that. Now, but, the beauty is, is you're going to get four players out of that money. Now, that being said, much like Declan Rice did and resisted the temptation of Manchester United, I think Tyron Mings might resist the temptation of somebody for, a year. for now. But again, like Declan Rice, one more season, mm-hmm. and then he's definitely gone. But he needs that season. I think, and I, I I do believe this, I don't get the same feeling from Harry Maguire, right? Right. Tyrone Mings, the way he's playing and the way he's settled in and the maturity that he's starting to gain, with a little bit more experience, he could be a Van Dyke-esque player. Where he just brings a full calmness to the back line that, oi, I'm back here. Do your fucking jobs, we'll be all right. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, no problem. You know, if you get beat, just get behind me, recycle, right? S- and we always back each other up. And that's I, I truly believe that he could have his presence and his his um, imposing nature uh, that he could have on an opposition. If he gets into a big side, oh, welcome to Arsenal, yeah. I think that he could be a very, very <laughs> big-time player. So a few people have reached out and kind of been like, you know, Man U fans, of course, have been like, hey, you know, you guys need to talk about Man U a little bit more. Well, I mean, honestly, they're the epitome of mediocrity right now. And and without Ouch. and without, Ouch. why they're? I mean, I mean I know, but fr- frankly, still. they're kind of what Arsenal was at the end of the Wenger career. So it was you, like just good, just just good enough. Are you sure it's not Drarsenal? <laughs> I think that's our sixth draw in a row, or some stupid shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I need a rim shot. But sound cue. But the um, 
the thing I would I would say is you really can't judge them and you can't judge Ole until McTominay and Pogba are back in that lineup. There's some hustle out of Fred. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, so no, no, like gotcha. with McTominay, he he's a nice compliment player, you know. You know, um, I think with Pogba, he probably not because Pogba's going to get more forward. But you really can't judge what Manchester United is doing right now until they're. He's got a full complement of players. Absolutely. And I think when he does have that full allotment of players, which he hasn't had very often in his tenure, I think that they have shown signs that they could be decent again. Right. Getting into good. Right on the upper end of decent, so we'll see what happens when these people come back, and hopefully everyone else can stay fit for them. Right. Um. And his belter that hit the post I from was, a ridiculous angle I, was I also there's a bit of shit housery. It was great. I was too busy having my heart broken. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, I felt so bad. I'm. I knew it was bad when they cut in at the end of the Villa game to the Everton game, and the announcer's like, well, I just don't know what happened. I looked at the score, and I went, fuck. I got to go to the bedroom. I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> thank but yeah, thank goodness I, the Redskins won, and the Terps basketball won three, and they're probably going to be the number two team in the nation. Well, thank see, God for that. I wouldn't agree with the Redskins. I'd rather this season write it the fuck <laughs> off, and let's get a decent draft pick. And now we look like we have a plan. Get a draft pick in. You've got Haskins. He seems like he knows what he's doing if he has the the right system. And we can move forward with a number one draft pick next year. Nope, we fucked that up too. Now we're going to have like the seventh or eighth draft pick because we've nah, got two we'll in be, a row. We'll be three or four. Nah, we'll be I don't think so because seven and nine is All going right, to not win an the NFL NFC show. East. Let's get into the next one. Um, <laughs> Wolves. Would, no, I slept during the fucking Redskins game. <laughs> Wolves haven't lost a match in nine Premier League games. Blades haven't lost a match in seven Premier League games. Uh, Lisa Mousset opened the scoring with good feet uh, after the Wolves defense tried to do too much and two defenders went to attack the initial ball put in. Um, and then Den Donker was lucky to stay on the pitch after his tackle uh, on Lisa Mousset uh, a few minutes later after the restart. Um, I think the defender on the far side probably saved him um, from being the quote-unquote last man and denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Um, but uh, with this one again, Matt Darty equalized with a header uh, and in an emotional remove. Uh, in, a, in an emo- mm. Time out. Gather your thoughts, fuckface. In an emotional move, removed his black armband, kissing it and raising it to the air. That was obviously for former teammate uh, Benica Fobi, former yeah. Arsenal man as well. Yeah. Um, lost his two-year-old daughter uh, to a rare infection on Friday. Yeah, heartbreaking um, story. Very sad. Uh, and I believe Benica Fobi is only about 24 years old as well. Oh, jeez. Um, so a very young man. And, uh, and the whole uh, uh, Fobi tribe because losing a child is... One of the worst things any human being can ever experience, obviously. there's The the sun's supposed to rise and set in a particular order, and that's not it. No, no. Um, and that's that's something I, I, I my heart just goes out to their Your child's supposed family. to bury you. You're not supposed to bury your child. 100%. Period. End of discussion. Exactly. It's just awful. Yep. Absolutely awful. So, um, but yeah, but very emotional scenes there uh, when he <sighs> scored. It looked like it meant a lot to him. 
uh, and obviously dedicating the entire performance uh, uh, to to the Afobe family. Uh, Stoke City reaching out a former loan club that he was at, um, as well as um, Bournemouth yep. uh, doing the same, and then a couple of random clubs. <laughs> just reaching out to him as well, uh, which was nice to see. But Sheffield United, again, organized at the back. Um, very well done from them. Uh, uh, a wonderful performance uh, yet again. Um, and they really do look the business. You just you hope they can keep this pace up in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think they're safe, though. Uh, I, they're, think, they're I def- think they're safe. I mean, the only team officially safe from relegation is Liverpool. Yeah, true. As I put on the closed Facebook group the other day because yep. they hit the magic 40-point number. Yep. <laughs> so um, moving on to uh, Palace, and we'll keep these uh, next couple kind of brief and quick. Um, so Palace gets a nice win with the 2 nothing at Turf Moor. But if you dig a little deeper, Pope should have had both of those goals, and Burnley missed two flat-out sitters. Pope should have done better. Pope should have done better. Pope should have done better. Those are my notes. Yeah, I for this game. I mean, good, good on you, Palace. You took advantage of the situations. You got, you got a nice win. That's that's good on you. You know, kind of. You just went through a little bit of a gauntlet there of tough teams. Nice W. Well done. Also, be happy that you know an England international didn't have his best game, and both Woods and Barnes, who typically are clinical in front of Matt, net. Both skied sitters. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. flat out sitters. Barnes twice. He had another one hit off his thigh, and as he was taking <coughs> his next step to set up for the shot, it had a tame little accidental pass to the goalkeeper. It was pitiful. So, um, Southampton are completely dominated for most of the game until the very bitter end where they're able to uh, get the equalizer and then finally get the winner. Um, Kike Flores is sacked, lost his job again, and typically. If you're going to a third manager, that normally equals relegation. Yeah, the third manager before Christmas, I don't know if it's ever happened. (laughs) Watford's in real trouble. Oh, big trouble. And you say that that Southampton were dominated, right? That Watford dominated that game? Most of it, yeah. Overall, the stats say that Watford conceded two-thirds of possession to Southampton. A, the entire... Now, Southampton didn't create shit from it. I actually watched the match. I mean, I fucking sat there and watched the whole fucking thing and Watford had the chances Watford was right. pushing forward Watford had had opportunities and really most that possession swung in probably the last 20 minutes of the game yeah they said uh what they have here is that um uh Watford only managed three shots on target at all they they had opportunities. It's, it's just not fucking good enough, man. Just no. period, point blank. End of story. It's not fucking good enough. Why are you um, putting Tamari, Why are you putting Gray on the field and not Dini? Dini's healthy. Just let him fucking play. Right. Give, let him exactly give you an emotional boost, especially going one nil up. They should have tried to be on the front foot. They should have tried to take the game to Southampton. You sub out the one guy who's actually getting shit done in Delafeo. But again, I think what was that their ninth goal for the season? Yeah, Watford. It's it's not good enough. <laughs> Every stat across the board screams relegation. Absolutely, they need to fix it and fix it fucking quick, or they're gone. Um, Liverpool completely comfortable, one thousand percent comfortable, until Allison pulls an absolute gaff. Now this, I don't. This reminded me of, and people outside of this country won't know it, but um, do you remember the Dikembe Mutombo Geico commercials? Yes. Where he would bat the G away. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Not in my house. No, no, no. That's what Allison did, except he was 25 yards from goal, which means he was outside of his 18-yard box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not, not good. 
and before a before a derby, not smart. No, not know? at all. And and then and then they the goal they gave up. That is something they should be doing to Brighton, not Brighton doing yeah, to them. Yeah, it was that was really strange. Uh, Adrian didn't even seem to have his boots on on the bench. Yeah, um, he looked like he was still getting dressed about three minutes after the red card was actually given. And then from the subsequent free kick, he runs into the net, throws his towel on the ground, stands on the post, and starts to direct the wall. It looked to me that he yelled about seven times at the wall before anybody listened to him. Yeah. And then the players were ten yards away. The referee blew the whistle, yeah, Dunk, and Adrian Dunk, wasn't set yet. Dunk looked at him said, can I go? He blew the whistle. He passed it into the back of the net. Like I said, totally something you don't expect Liverpool to do, and then and then he, you know, coughed up one there as well, right in front of the net in the second. Like he, uh, yeah, and do- he dove on it well. He re- he recovered well from that, but yeah, he spilled one that he shouldn't have spilled. Um, uh, absolutely, you're you're absolutely right. But again, um, the very prolific partnership of uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and Virgil Van Dyke. Yep. Combining twice, once from a free kick and once from a corner, uh, for two Hulk smash headers. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, you finally got all your strikers back healthy. They didn't really have it. You know what? Don't worry about it. We got set piece plays. We've got a marksman on the outside who's going to put a ball on somebody's head, and we've got big old Hulk smash Van Dyke who's going to make the who's going to make it happen. Right. Um, probably good that Adrian made a few mistakes because that then prepares him for what's coming up on Wednesday. You know, I think I think that gets him a little more active and a little more prepared. Absolutely. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Pat unfortunately lost late as he picked a draw between Southampton and Watford, puts him at directly <laughs> directly even. You're going to eat those words. Um Graham cannot pick a winner to save his life and now finds himself down $1385. The chicken, right. the chicken is back to 500 The Patreon is not going towards your debting bets. <laughs> and I am on a four-game heater and now only down $181. That's all right. And we'll be making money in no time. You'll lose twice this week, but I do want to make a quick mention of uh, <coughs> debting bets that I have over here mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of betting debts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Everybody knew what I was talking I about. I know, but <laughs> debting <laughs> bets is very funny. That one needed a special mensch. Thanks, thanks. Because, <laughs> you know, I also have the Black Plague death going on <laughs> over here. Yeah. For me, it's not coughs. It's you know, my vocal cords, I which did is, he- yes, Taylor, the obvious joke, <laughs> nature's mute button. I did hear the World Health Organization has dubbed the bubonic plague as a re- re-emerging disease. You should check that out. And if I die of the bubonic plague, you're going to cry like a baby. Now he can pronounce it. The bubonic. Bubonic plague. He hit the C real hard, too. He really did. <laughs> All right. What, are you giving me somebody something? So would you like somebody else to actually make picks for you now? No. I mean, since I'm you still can't... doing it. No. It, this is fine. We did this all last season. We were picking every game. And I still came out on top. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and give us your pick? You want to do mine? All yeah, right. we'll do yours. Are we doing... You want to do the first one? Everybody's do, first one? Nope. Do them both. Do them both. All right, so by itself, on the midweek, uh huh, Bournemouth to win. Okay, okay. Who they got? We'll dis- we'll discuss that in the next segment. I just picked Bournemouth to win. Okay, heard. 
<laughs> Got it. All right. And then your second was, game. No, no, no. No admin on the fly. That. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, Crystal Palace. Got they it. They have actually away from home. But Crystal Palace are woeful at home. Got it. Typically. Got it. So, yeah, I got Bournemouth to win. That gives me plus 250. Okay. Okay. Next one. On the weekend, I have Liverpool beating Bournemouth away. I have Tottenham winning, uh, which I don't know who they play because you didn't tell me I had to do that. Burnley at home. Tottenham's got Burnley at home. I have Tottenham winning. Come to a show prepared? No. And Crystal Palace, I have winning away from home at Watford. So three-game parlay? three-parlay, just straight win. No goals, no score, no nothing. Just straight wins. I've got Liverpool over Bournemouth away from home. Tottenham uh, to beat Burnley at home. And Crystal Palace to win away against Watford. That gives me a whopping plus 482 on us.888sport.com, which is where we get our money lines, ladies and gents. not hitting. (laughs) I'm hitting all of it. It's all coming to fruition and what I say that was, 485, 42, yeah. that's going to give me 632, uh, and I'll be right back in business. I'll be right back in the game. Not a problem. What you worried about? I'm sure Tegan will do very well in community college. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I went to community college, and I turned out all right. I mean, I'm a degenerate fucker, but what, I whatever, okay. whatever you need to tell yourself. Speaking of degenerate motherfuckers. <laughs> and now... It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. So Pat titled this All Out Parlays. So usually I do a breakdown of the main NBC televised match. But this week, since there's um, midweek matches, uh, I'm going to do something special. Um, I may be a degenerate, but there's a member of the show that is in dire need of help. So Mr. Graham, this week I'm going to do two parlays. Any of the winnings will be no donated to the Get Sammy Out of the Hole Fund. So first, I will parlay the over of the Man U Spurs game at 2.5 and the Arsenal giving a goal, and uh, that will net $272 on a $100 bet. Giving up a goal? Arsenal giving up a no, goal? No, Arsenal getting a goal. Winning oh, by period. a goal. Just, yeah. oh, winning, winning by, by a goal. goal. Okay. Yeah. So 1-0, 2-1, 3 doesn't matter. Just winning by at least a goal. Got it. Uh, could be 4-2. It's still a goal. Yeah. Oh, a goal or more. Right. You're just I got you. Yeah, winning yeah. by at least a goal. Um, so winning. And that will net 272 <laughs> on a $100 bet. And the next parlay will be the uh, over of Man U and Man City, which is 3.5 goals, and Wolverhampton in a pick which would net him the same, $272. This week, I'm not trying to win for me, but for Sammy. And let's Aww. eliminate the debt sheet with two wins at a time. So, all right, excuse me. Uh-huh. I, have a, I have a question. Okay. Two things. Yeah. That being said, once mine hits and his hits, I'll only be like 200 in the hole. So I'll be <laughs> well back in the game. Uh, th- second problem. It's if yours hits and when his hits. What's a what's a what's a pick 'em? Uh just he picks him to win. It's an even up game. It's not a you know, it's he t- he picked a game where he took a spread. Most of the games you're able to just pick them straight up and it's and it's odds. He got better odds if he picked a spread on it. And that's why he did. So that. he picked a spread of plus point five? No, of yeah, uh, plus point five, yeah. Arsenal to win by at least one. Well, but that would just be winning. <laughs> no, it's pl- it's plus one, so got to win by one. 
it, it's winning by one. Okay, so okay. if they win by three, it doesn't... I don't know why you have so many fucking questions for a guy who's trying to help you out because you fucking suck at making picks. I'm just saying, it doesn't make any sense. They have to win by one? Yes. And okay. the show's going to go an hour 15 because the gears in the brain are working on Sam. I might as well why are you asking me questions when I can't fucking talk and I'm going to fucking die any minute now? Why are you bringing this along? All right, fuck it, go. What are, <laughs> what are you betting? All right, Four games in a row. Baby, time to stay the course. Get out of the hole with Big Sam's Lock of the Week. 30% of the time, it works. 100% of the time. My tried and true system. For the midweek, I will take e, be taking Spurs to beat United at plus 160. And for the weekend, I will be taking Wolves to beat Brighton at plus 175. Nice and simple. Couple of winners. I'll be up. You'll be down. I'll be laughing at you. Very easy. Now that is some great betting advice. And many would say... I mean, it's okay advice. That's good enough. I mean, I'm picking fucking winners, so y'all need to shut up. But no, we give you a chicken. As Sam breaks into his dance like he does every week... Good news, folks. We didn't eat Kitty for Thanksgiving because she's back to 500 and was excited to get back into the action. And she wanted to bet both derbies this week. So first I gave her the Merseyside derby. And Kitty reaches into the coop, pulls out a ticket stub because, you know, she's a music fan. Yeah. Well, she went to an Elvis Costello show. And her date, none other than Liam Neeson. Ooh. Liam, I have a particular set of skills. A set of skills that makes you a nightmare for a man like me. Well, I will hunt you down, I will find you, and I will kill you for supporting Liverpool. Sorry, big man, your chicken is also taking Liverpool. She never picks my team. Never does. It was also the right You bet. know who else is a Liverpool supporter? Who? The guitarist from Hootie and the Blowfish. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised Kitty hasn't made the rounds with him, because yep. apparently you know, she likes you know who's musicians. also uh, a fan of uh, Liverpool? Who? Bandwagoning Norwegians. <laughs> Go on to our next game. <laughs> That was actually pretty clever and witty. You can go ahead and die now. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Damn it, that got me. Man, we're both dying at the Houston household. All right, so uh, speaking of musicians and derbies, for the other weekend's bet, it is the Manchester Derby. Now, Kitty said that she wasn't able to divulge as much because she signed an NDA. But she's been doing some sibling counseling for two brothers named uh, Schmaliger. You know, Liam Gallagher has been hanging out in our backyard quite a bit lately. Or denying. And Liam's become really close with Kitty. Maybe it could could a chicken reunite Noel and Liam? I don't know. Gallagher brothers? I would never ask her to break her confidentiality. I am not. Uh, Very true. Very true. I'm I'm just speculating. I already said too much, but Kitty is taking City to beat United. All right, so City and Liverpool to win, huh? I'm starting to think Kitty might have seen the script and slipped you to some anthrax. You know, uh, (laughs) before I die completely, I just want to remind you all to always gamble legally. And responsibly. Epstein didn't kill himself.
All safe hands at the back. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Took a 4-1 uh, lead into halftime, and then I had to go pick up my cousins from the airport because I fucked up the game time. <laughs> Thank God you gave up a goal. I would have never heard the end of it if no, you didn't give up a goal. Not a chance, but I it did. It was like ma- minute 30 left in the half, so admit it. It was going through your head. You were like, shut up. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, that'd be awesome, yeah. And then about, <coughs> I think it was maybe 36 seconds left uh, in the first half, I did give up a goal. Um, but I did think... For a mo- I thought like a field player I was like shit. We're right there at the end of the uh, at the box. There, I can't slide outside of the box because it's indoor. And so I just kind of made myself big, and it happened to nutmeg me. So, but I did make a few good saves, and um, the boys saw out the victory uh, at the end after some shaky uh, shakiness. You you told me afterwards. We scored at the beginning. We of the scored four half. straight. They scored five straight. We scored another four straight. Eight to five. We won. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. That was it. Uh, yeah. DU uh, is now sitting, currently sitting in fourth place on gold differential. Yep, 1-1-1 one, one one record. Th- three teams on 1-1-1, one, one one, but we're a plus two. Everybody else is either evens or under. That's good. Uh, on their gold differential. So we'll be uh, we'll be okay. I play think. one of those 1-1-1s one, one ones this week, I think. Big yeah. game. Yep. I think I'll pull Morris. I don't know if I'll be able to play uh, Tuesday night. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be there because I have an event to do for uh, the job, so I'll, sorry. I'll figure it out. You'll have, to, you'll have to run the team for me, Sammy. That'll be good. Do you need someone to massage your butt? Wouldn't be bad. Shut up. I hear you have experience. <laughs> hit the mute button. All the mute buttons. Inside joke. Subscribe to the Patreon if you want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So um, <laughs> that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Uh, Sam, any parting words? Uh, no, just again, prayers and thoughts to the Afobe family. Uh, that's it. It's a terrible thing. You never want to see that. And uh, congratulations to David Martin because that's another awesome touching story. Yep. Holy shit, now i got to talk about 20 fucking games and somehow not lose my voice completely. Um, So next up is injury time. You want to know a little bit more about injury time? Uh, Go to our Patreon to find out. Sammy, what's our Patreon again? www.patreon.com backslash DU Football Show. And that's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There you go. Well I'm done. Drunk. <laughs> I'm All drunk. right. Well, we'll get you more whiskey. Um, and of course, uh, next week's going to be a nice long show because there's going to be twenty, 20 games fucking games to talk, talk about. about, and a, and a couple of derbies in there too. Uh, there'll be the Jose Derby, then the the Merseyside Derby, and then there'll be the Manchester Derby. So that's right. A lot of shit to talk about, and and fucking rehearsal for the live show on the fifteenth. Yep. The cycling rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course not. Admin on the fly, baby. That's so uh, till next week, everybody. Good night. Oh, loosey-goosey, my son. Feeling great. I cracked from the middle of my head to my arsehole.